0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler.
1: All right, we're in Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. I'm glad to see all of you here tonight. Very excited to get into uh, the message tonight. Uh, And uh, I I don't, just for the sake of time, we won't recap uh, going into verse, or to chapter 6 which led us to Jesus, the, the forerunner, who, who went before us um, and uh, and who is in the likeness of Melchizedek, this priest. But I, what, I do want you to turn, actually, to Genesis 14 for just a moment, and then we'll come back to Hebrews 7. I'm sorry, I meant to take you to Genesis first. <laughs> because I want to see the, you to see the beginning of this mysterious man who we see just a couple of different times throughout Scripture, but he's a very important uh, figure in the Scriptures. Um. Everybody say Melchizedek, all right? Make a a friend of that name, Melchizedek. And we're going to start in verse 18 of Genesis 14, or are we starting in 17? Let's start in 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him, that is Abram, at the valley of Shavah, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Cheddar Ham. Just kidding, Kedora Lamor. Looks like cheddar ham to me, but. And the kings, and the kings who were with him. So remember the story when Lot, Abraham's nephew, was kidnapped, and it was the time these four kings went against these five kings in a war. All right? The four kings could not beat the five kings, so Abram took it upon himself to go rescue his nephew, took 318 men that were born in his house, he trained them to fight. And they went and divided up into four different groups. And they, those four different groups of Abram's men, beat and defeated those five kings and their armies. Extraordinary. And Abram gathered all the spoils of war and all those who had been kidnapped. And so now he's coming to the king's valley. All right? That's that's the backdrop to the story. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, most high. So he was a king and he was a priest. And... Uh, He blessed him, that is, he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. It's the first time we see the mention of tithing. And it comes, it happens when a man has a blessing pronounced over him, and it is his response to the blessing. Abram took from the spoils of war 10% and gave it to the high priest. Now, it's kind of interesting that none of this was his stuff, yet he tithed off that stuff, because apparently back then was the same rule as is today. To the victor belongs the spoils, right? So now let's go to Hebrews 7. With that understanding um, of this man Melchizedek, that was the beginning and in verse 1 of chapter 7, takes us further into it. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. That's what Melchizedek means. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life... But made like the Son of God remains a priest continually. In other words, they're saying that we have no records of this man's beginning nor his ending. We don't have any records of his genealogy. We just know that he's a priest of God. And so Jesus, or or in the likeness then, made like the Son of God in that way, Christ who has no beginning and who has no end but is eternal. Okay? Remains a priest how long? continually, okay? Now consider how great this man was, to to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a a tenth of the spoils. So Melchizedek was an extraordinary man, and it's interesting, as great a man as he was, we know really very little about him. But we do know enough to make the connection with Jesus, and that's really all we need to know, all right? Someday we'll learn more, I'm sure. So they had They had not divided these these goods yet, and so then Abraham takes of those spoils and gives them to the priest. Now, I think it's interesting. Did we see there in in Genesis 14 that the priest said, now you need to tithe? Did he ask for tithe? No, he didn't ask for tithe. Uh, He didn't say one word about it. And I wonder, why is it that Abraham tithed? What made him do that? It says that he gave a tithe There must have been some understanding with Abraham and this priest that we're we're not real sure about the history, except Abraham knew that he was the priest of Most High God, and he recognized him in that way by bringing a tithe. Um, So what position is Abraham tithing from? From what position is he tithing? Well, according to this, he's tithing from a position of victory. He's just won a big battle, right? He's got all these spoils of war, and he's got the blessing pronounced over him. He's tithing from, from a position of having received and having been blessed. So this is the way tithing was for hundreds of years. Um, through Abraham and through Isaac and even Jacob, they all tithed to God in this way. If you remembered um, Genesis chapter 28, when Abra—I mean when Jacob dreamed the dream, Remember we talked about that in our Heart for His House series when he dreamed the dream and saw the ladder and the angels ascending and descending upon the great ladder and then the Lord stood himself stood above it and began to pronounce what he had pronounced over Abraham, his grandfather, and also over Isaac. In your seed, all the nations will be blessed. I will bless you. I will multiply you exceedingly. And then, they, and then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. And then and then he, he, he took the rock that he had used as a pillow and he set it up as a pillar and says, this is the house of God. He called the name of the place Bethel, the house of God. And then he said, if God, since God is with me and you, 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 you're going to bless me in the way that you said you're going to bless me, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm saying that this is the house of God and I will give you a tenth of all that I have. Now, now he wasn't speaking. Uh, he wasn't offering a tenth of spoils of war. Jacob wasn't in a war. He was talking about all that God would bless him with. He would return ten percent. All right, tithe means ten percent. So it's no. I mean, if somebody says I tithe thirty percent, no, you don't. Tithe means a tenth. All right, and so. This this is the way they tithed. like I said for hundreds of years Abraham Isaac and Jacob all to, and I love this that they did this it was in their own heart to do it. it wasn't something God was commanding from them they just did it it's like they these were men who walked by faith and it seemed like the right thing to do apparently I should have had a lot of shouting and amen in right there but that's okay all right. And they're tithing from this position of having been blessed. And this is the way it was until Israel went into Egypt. Now, Egypt always represents the world and the world system. So they they had become slaves to this world system. And as a result of that period of 400 years in in captivity, the Scripture teaches us that they became hard-hearted and stiff-necked people. All right? So when God brought them out through those amazing miracles and through the hand of Moses, he could not deal with them like he did with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of their hard hearts. So he, by his mercy, in order for them not to die in their sins, gave them this law, the law of the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law, and it was harsh and this law was tough. Anybody read Leviticus lately? All right. I encourage you, go read it. It's going to be a hard read. It's going to be a slow read. And just every once in a while, you come across all the rigmarole and all the, the hoops they had to jump through and all the gi- religious gyrations. And at that moment, you just go, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Look what you have redeemed us from. Hallelujah. So, in other words, when that law came, then you were blessed if you kept that law and you were cursed if you didn't. And to make matters worse, God said, no man will be able to keep the law. That's not very good news. The law was given, listen, the law was given because the people had changed not because God had changed. Okay? They asked for the law. If we remember, remember the story that the Lord invited all the children of Israel up on this mountain with Him. He didn't just want Moses. He wanted all of them there. But when they saw the mountain, and they had a lot of misunderstanding about God, even after all the miracles of bringing them out, but when they saw the lightning and the thunder, heard the thunder and saw all the smoke, they're like, we're not going up there. And so then they said, Moses, you go as our representative and tell God to give us a to-do list and we'll do it. And there was a lot more, I think, to not do than there was to do. But it was ten rules, right? Ten, here are ten simple rules. And, of course, they couldn't keep it. Matter of fact, they had already broken the first one by the time Moses came down off the mountain. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And he comes down there, there I worship in a golden calf. And what does Aaron have to say about it? Well, everybody took their gold life and we threw it in this fire and out popped this cow. <laughs> it, really, that's basically what it says. It's very interesting. Stiff-necked. It mean, meant that they were no longer willingly bowed in their hearts in worship to God. They refused to honor Him, so He honored, so He forced them, I should say, through the law To obey him, he forced them through the law to obey them. And under that law, they continued to tithe. However, they went from giving, a heart of giving in response, to now the tithe became a command. All right? It became a command from God and it became a levy of their income, it became a levy of their increase. Their their, their wages, now you, you would see them as being garnished. It became kind of like the IRS, all right, Uh, which that's never any fun. Anybody like paying the IRS? Anybody here? Okay, good. I'm in the right church. So it became a debt then that they paid, uh, and it it was like God started charging men to live on earth. But here's the thing. I want to see more and more, and I, and I know you guys understand this because we talk about these things, and I've taught you on this a lot, uh, that the church gets to the place where the Bible has brought us, where God has brought us in this age, to this Melchizedek tithe and away from the Levitical tithe. All right, There's a lot of misconception about it. And, and the Melchizedek tithe is the way that we in the New Testament Tithe. Most of us have been taught the Levitical tithe and not the Melchizedek tithe. You know what I'm talking about? Let me just read one verse of scripture and see if you recognize it. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. I do like that verse of scripture. I've used that verse of scripture a lot. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I've quoted that verse many times. Uh, but I want to I, I show you the problem. And, you know, it's okay to go back and to read the Old Testament, but you always have to read the Old Testament in light of our New Testament reality. All right? Otherwise, you'll get screwed up. All right, So you always have to read it in that way. You always read it through who you are now in Christ. Everything changed when Jesus came. You have to look at everything through that finished work of Jesus. You got that? Okay. Jesus made all the difference. At the cross, that law ended. The Scripture says He took it out of the way. According to the the book of Colossians, it says that He took it out of the way. The handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to to us, He has taken it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. All right? So it's done away with. And the law ended, therefore your sin ended too. Because when the law came, sin revived, Paul said. But when the law's gone, there is no transgression. Amen. And so under the law, you... Tithed to get God to open up the windows of heaven. Right? If I could talk to Eric Holler of 20 years ago who was preaching, if you don't tithe, you're cursed, I'd like to slap him around a bit and say, you should have studied a little harder in your Bible. Because that does say, and further in Malachi, you're cursed with a curse. Right? Will a man rob God? You say, have we... in tithes and offerings, you've robbed me. You're cursed with a curse. But something happened. This little event took place. This little seemingly insignificant event at that time on a hill outside of a city called Jerusalem on a cross a man hung and bled and died for our sins. And that event made all the difference. That event ushered in a whole new era, a whole new covenant. Praise God. It restored a priesthood. That was long before this Levitical priesthood. All right. Everybody good? So Abram didn't tithe to get the windows of heaven open to him. He didn't even know about that. This is long. I mean, he was long before this. Uh, he tithe because he was blessed of God most high. Wow. You know what Ephesians chapter 1 says this? Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say, He has blessed me. With what? Every spiritual blessing where? Whoa. So when Jesus Christ died and the veil in the temple was torn in two, guess what came open to you? The windows of heaven. They've been open for over 2,000 years. All right, we don't have to force them open. They're open. Hallelujah. Today, you don't bring your tithe here to the house of God to... Get God to open those windows. No, the windows of heaven are wide open. When Jesus said it is finished, those windows opened up. And God poured out all spiritual blessings. And everything that was keeping us from God, every curse and every sin was stopped. Rendered powerless. But every blessing continued to rush on through. And indeed, let's look at verse 5. Somebody shout, hallelujah! Verse 5, and indeed, those who are the sons of Levi who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. If you are taking notes tonight, I want you to write down this Greek word. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce it, I'm just going to spell it. (laughs) I think I'm safer at spelling it. A-P-O-D-E-K-A-T-O-O. Anybody want to take a shot at it? A-P-O-D-E-K-A-T-O-O. Say it? Spoken like a true Texan. two. I like it. All right. This Greek word here, most of the time, the tithe or tenth is dekatao, like decade, dekatao, which means tithe, tenth, okay? But this is apodekatu, according to Kat, our resident theologian, Greek scholar that she is. It means to tithe as debtor or creditor. Ooh, that's that's not the fun way to tithe. As debtor or creditor. In other words, it's just another bill in your house. Okay. And it only appears here and three other places in scripture. All right. I'm gonna give you a couple of them just so you see. All right? Because in one one of them has to do with the same event recorded by two different gospel writers. All right. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23, Jesus is talking to his best friends, the Pharisees. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You can see how good their relationship is, right? For you pay tithe. That's the word apodecatu, which means you pay a debt. Tithe of mint and anise. In other words, what he's saying, you tithe all the way down to the spice rack in your house. You are good at apportioning a tenth of everything that you own. But you have forgotten the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other ones undone, right? Okay, now let's go to, uh, what was the other one, Alex? Luke 18. Oh, the other reference that's like this is Luke 11 42 if you're taking notes. All right, Luke eleven forty two. He says that this in basically in a different way. Uh, Luke 18, did I give you Luke 18? Yeah. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. He's got a right? The Pharisees have to have a British accent. All right. <laughs> adulterers, even as this tax collector, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I possess. In other words, I pay my debt to God. Same word, Apodecatu. I like the way you pronounce that. All right? I, it's not how you pronounce it. I know that because you actually pronounce every, every word, every letter in the Greek language. But we're in Texas, so we can get away with it. You see this? It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the Pharisees. And then it's the Levitical priesthood and the way that they received tithes. In other words, the the Levitical priests actually took tithes from the people. They took tithes. They sent them this monthly statement, (laughs) their bill, and then they paid them. All right? That's just not a fun way to do it. But see, you know, you and I are under this beautiful banner of God's amazing grace today. What once... Uh, was once a Levitical tithe, that is, paying a debt, has now been changed. The Melchizedek tithe has been restored where you don't pay tithes. Now you are free to give tithes like your father Abraham was. Amen. Let's look at verse 6. We're going to keep looking at this. Verse 6, But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It's talking about Melchizedek. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better, verse eight. Here, mortal men or men subject to death receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Oh, that's kind of interesting. There he receives them. Where's there? We have to ask the question, where, what there is he talking about. There, out there in the cosmos. What's he talking? Well, there, where's there? He receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Well, who is it witnessed that he lives? He is speaking of Melchizedek in one sense, but there's also another man he's speaking of. Let's take a wild guess in church tonight who this other man could possibly be. All right? And it, listen, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Let me say something really, really good for you tonight. That when you tithe, you're giving witness to a living God. You're giving witness that He's alive. Wow. All right. So, as we here on earth receive what you give in tithes as mortal men, Jesus at the same time is receiving them in heaven. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'll show you. Even Levi, verse 9, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Isn't that interesting that even though Abraham brought this tithe out of response to the blessing, yet in his seed was a man named Levi of the the 12 tribes of Israel, and that priesthood that was in there was paying tithes already. Abraham was giving it. But Le- Levi was paying it. It already started. It was already in the workings. Wow. Okay. Therefore, uh, verse 11, 7-11. Therefore, if perfection. You know 7-11 was, was uh, started in Texas? Sure enough. Started as an ice house. The ice house and their hours. The ice house hours used to be uh, until 7 o'clock. They used to be 11 to 7. But they changed theirs from 7 to 11 uh, to do business at later hours, and then eventually it became 7-Eleven, and uh, now there's stores all over the place. You're welcome. All right. Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the pe- I haven't seen too many Texans running those 7-Elevens, though. <laughs> Outsourcing like crazy. <laughs> Therefore, (laughs) therefore, if perfection were through Levitical priesthood, uh, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? All right, stick with me. I know this is a bit thick in here. Just stay with me. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. Wow, that's a big statement there. For the priesthood being changed... What was the changing of the priesthood? Bless you. The priesthood was changing from the Levitical priesthood to the Melchizedek priesthood. All right? And because that changed, so did how the law worked too. Guess what else changed? The Ten Commandments. And now it's the law of love. Okay. The law of faith. What verse are we on? Oh, for he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. All right, there was only one out of all the 12 tribes of Israel. Only one was the, the uh, priesthood, all right, and that was the Levitical priesthood. No other tribes decided to go into full-time ministry. It just didn't work like that. It was only one. It was the priesthood. And so Moses didn't say anything, never even talked about a priesthood coming out of Judah, right? Because it wasn't for him to see that. He was here to administer the law. So but Jesus came out of Judah, and it is yet far more evident in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest. All right, this is becoming clear. Who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment but according to the power of an endless life. The power of an endless life, a life that has no beginning and a life that has no end, a life that has always been. As I told you before in the book of Isaiah, when it talks about this coming one, a child that would be born, hallelujah, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and the name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Jesus is called the Everlasting Father. Now we know He's the Son, but as far as eternity goes, He's the Everlasting Father. The word Everlasting Father means the originator of eternity. The power of an endless life. Not according to the law of a fleshly commandment. That is one that is subject to death. For He testifies you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So that priesthood that we saw, just that brief little glance in Genesis chapter 14 has come back to fruition through the man Jesus Christ who's according to that priesthood. All right? So that priesthood that was in the middle of the Levites where the people were levied their tithe and where they had to keep the law and they administered the sacrifices to keep the people alive, that has now been done away with. And there's been full restoration to the Melchizedek priesthood. You see that? For for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. What is that better hope? That's the man Christ Jesus. All right, better hope. And inasmuch as he was not made a priest without an oath, For they have become priests without an oath. Who's they? It's talking about the Levitical priests. Listen to this. They were priests without an oath. This is important for us to look at this. They have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him. All right, this is God speaking to Jesus. And we find this verse of Scripture, actually, he's quoting Psalm chapter 110, verse 4. Is it Psalm 110, verse 4? It is Psalm 110, one of those verses. And it says, the Lord has sworn... And will not relent. You know what the word relent means? In some versions it says repent. He will not change his mind. He will not change his mind. He has sworn, therefore he will not change his mind. See, if God swears it, it's never changing. Ever. The Lord has sworn, you are a priest, how long? Forever. There is no other priesthood coming. This is the final priesthood. According to the order of Melchizedek. See, God didn't, this is so good. God didn't make an oath concerning the Levitical priesthood because God knew it was a temporary priesthood. That's why he could just change it. But he can't change this one because he swore by an oath. It'll never change. All right? Praise God. Priest forever. How long is he a priest? How long is he your priest? You are in secure hands. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wow. Therefore, he is able, watch this, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. How can anyone for one second ever feel insecure about their relationship with God? How can they ever feel insecure about this great salvation? How can they ever feel insecure about this righteousness when he is able to save you to the uttermost? You know what the uttermost is? Spirit, soul, and body. Forever. He's able to. Anybody believe that he's able to save you all the way to heaven? Huh? Because if you don't believe that, then you believed on the wrong Jesus. All right? He's able to do it. Why? Because he's alive for good. And he always lives to make intercession for you. In other words, he always lives to stand in the gap for you, to speak on your behalf. And he has really good things to say about you. Because it's all based on his blood that was shed. And what that blood says for us is, it's finished. No more shedding of blood. And because I shed my blood, there is remission of sins. So since sin isn't the issue, then if sin isn't the issue with God, then sin must not be the issue with us. He got over it. We got to get over it. Got to quit talking about it. Quit thinking about it. we got to talk about his grace, his goodness, his righteousness. And understand that Jesus did this. His priesthood is one that's never going away. This system is here for good. All right? Amen. All right, let's continue. For such a high priest was fitting for us. Look at that. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy. I like this word. Harmless. Harmless. Undefiled separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens. If he's separate from sinners, what is he close to? You. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's? For this he did once for all when he offered himself. It's all we needed. Once for all sacrifice took care of it for good. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the Son, who has been perfected forever. Wow, we got through all those verses. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness. In other words, the high priest, not only when he brought that blood offering once a year of of the, the bulls and goats, and he took it into the holiest place, And he poured it over the mercy seat. It wasn't just for the sins of the people. The scripture says it was for his own sins as well. But Jesus, who came sinless with the nature of his father, came without the nature of sin. Hallelujah. But in the likeness of sinful flesh, did away with sin. Offered up his body as the once for all sacrifice. Amen. So since you've been, and it says that he's perfected forever, therefore you're perfected forever. All right, we'll see that later on in in Hebrews 10. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Isn't it interesting that while you're in process, you're perfect? Hard to wrap our minds around that sometimes. I'm perfect, but I'm still in process. Yeah, I'm perfect. Now I'm just walking it out. Now I'm just walking it out. You have to understand that the essence of who you are is perfect. The spirit man is perfect. You're just like Jesus. There is no distinction between you and him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with God. One spirit. You can't separate the two. And if Jesus is a son, then you are a son. Can I remind you of that tonight? Since he's a son, you're a son. Because he said this grain of wheat going to fall into the ground. And when this grain of wheat dies, it will produce much grain. God made a rule in the very beginning. The seed produces after its kind. God sowed a seed called a son. Therefore, he had to reap many sons. All right? He's not the only begotten son of God anymore. That was a time. There was a time that was true. But now he says he's the firstborn of many, among many brethren. Come on, turn to somebody and tell him, you're just like Jesus. All right? Turn back to him and say, now act like it. All right? Now act like it. Act like it. You got to believe it first. Uh You're just like Jesus. Now act like it. All right, because in the Spirit, it's true. That's how wonderful this salvation is. We're not sinners saved by grace. No, we're better than that. We're saved by grace. Hallelujah. We were sinners, but now we're saved by grace. Hallelujah. He didn't just come over and put, a, put new paint on me. Clean me up on the outside. No, he made us born all over again, a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. Sin is not the issue anymore. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Not by anything I did, not by anything you did, not by the works of the law, not because we went to church four weeks in a row, but because his own, by his own mercy he saved us. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should say, I did this. Right? Not of works lest anyone should boast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand for a moment? Let's just lift our hands to heaven. Let's just worship our high priest right now, the one who is standing, who is seated next to our, our, the heavenly Father and who is standing in the gap for you tonight, <laughs> interceding for you. Did you need something? Yeah, why not? Sure. He's <laughs> praying for you right now. His blood speaks better things than that of Abel, the scripture says. In other words, his blood speaks on your behalf. Abel's blood could only speak on his behalf. Abel's blood could only speak on his behalf, and that was that there was injustice, right? His innocent blood had to be avenged, but Jesus' blood speaks on your behalf tonight. Hallelujah. He's interceding for you. Amen. He's seated on that mercy seat so that we can always come boldly. We have a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness, who is in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Right now. Right now, in your time of need, there's grace. Right now, there's mercy for you. Hallelujah. Just receive that tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you tonight that right now, our reality is, as you are, so are we in this world. Oh, Lord, thank you that you saved us to the uttermost. You have the ability to do it because you always live to make intercession for us. And as long as you're praying for us We are safe. We are secure. We are God. (sighs) Glory to God. We enjoy this everlasting life that you so freely came to give us. Thank you that you loved us so much, God, that you were willing to pay the highest price by giving up your son for us, that he was forsaken so that we would be accepted and forgiven. He was wounded, and we were healed. He became a curse, and we became blessed. He became sin, and we became righteousness. He became, a cur- uh, he became poor, and we became rich. And he became the Son of Man so that we could become sons of God. We thank you for this exchange life, God. Hallelujah. What an exchange it was. Lord, I don't know why you did it, but we certainly got the better end of all that deal, and we thank you for that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! thank you for washing all of our sins away. Thank you that you've redeemed us, that you've called us by name, God, that you've set your heart, your purpose in our hearts, God. I thank you that you created us in Christ Jesus for good works, God, that we would go and be and do who we are, who you've made us to be, and what you've called us to do. Thank you, Lord, tonight. Now, old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Old things are gone. Old things, yeah. But Pastor Eric, I'm a Christian, and and but but and I I still I still messed up. Hey, listen, you got to remember, you're continuing continually in the inner man, being renewed day by day. Old things are gone. New things. Focus on the new, not on the old. Focus on your righteousness, not on sin. Focus on how holy He's made you, not how profane you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you're free tonight. You're free tonight. Amen. None of us, none of us should ever come to church and leave in the same condition that we came. God has has designed this gathering. He's designed this time to come and be changed. To come and hear His Word and be moved and changed. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we thank you that tonight our lives just improved Tonight, things got better for us. Now, you might be going back into a situation that hasn't changed. Let me help you tonight. You might be going back into a situation that hasn't changed yet, but don't let that stop you from understanding that you changed. All right? You changed tonight. And your situation is temporary. Your trouble is temporary. So that's not the focus. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. Looking unto Jesus, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen, the Scripture says, are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
0: Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood Of Jesus Oh, precious Is the flow That makes me White as snow but the blood of Jesus. Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of
1: Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, I thank you that you bless your people as they go from here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you've made them the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first, not last, victors, no longer victims. Lord, we thank you that they're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed everywhere they go, and everything their hand touches prospers, God. I thank you that tonight they will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make them dwell in safety. I declare over these families, all of their children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says God. Hallelujah. I thank you that no evil shall befall them. No plague shall come near their dwelling. A thousand may fall at their side and ten thousand at their right hand. But it shall not come near them. You are with them. You go before them. And if you're with them, God, it doesn't matter who's against them. Hallelujah. I thank you. Greater is he that is in them people than he that is in the world. They are of God. They are born of God. And therefore, they've overcome this world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Thank you now that you cause the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees of the field to clap their hands as we go forth with the joy of the Lord
0: tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.